Welcome to the Laugh Now Dad Later podcast. I am your host, RV. Today we're going to be talking about my experiences co-parenting from a distance and how it might help you out. Before we begin this podcast, I just want to make sure I let everyone know that the things I say in this podcast are simply my opinion based on my experiences. While some of the topics may be serious, we would always try to keep things as engaging and as light as possible. So whether you're listening on your ride to work, sitting at home, working out, whatever the case may be, I appreciate you for taking the time to listen, and I hope you enjoy the podcast. In today's episode, we'll talk about a couple of things. First, we'll get into the challenges that I faced pairing it from a distance, as well as some tips that might help you out. Let's get right to it. First thing I want to mention is that just because a kid doesn't live with you doesn't mean you get to stop being a parent. My oldest child lives far away from me with his mother, and I can't tell you how many mistakes we both made trying to co-parent when we were younger. <laughs> you know, as a matter of fact, I'm not even going to dive into those painful memories. <laughs> you know, this isn't a relationship podcast, so I don't have, I'm not trying to get into all of that stuff. Um, but I do want to share some experiences and hopefully these things will help you out. Co-parenting, you know, like any other parenting is, it's a challenge. You know, it's multiple parties involved and all that good stuff. But like most things, communication is key. That's probably the, the single most important thing uh, that makes it all work, right? And that's something that me and my son's mother had to figure out way earlier in the process. You know, once we kind of got to the point where we could communicate effectively, made everything that much smoother. But, you know, it was a struggle earlier because even though we were able to communicate effectively, me personally, I still sucked at communication because I hate talking on the phone. <laughs> I don't know what it is. I hate it to this day. I hate it. But, you know, when your child is, you know, far away, that's one of your main lines of communication. I mean, nowadays you got FaceTime, you got Skype, you got all those other, you know, video conferencing apps and things like that. That makes it that much easier. But it was, you know, a lot of just phone calls to me when my when my son was coming up. You know, I would call, but not nearly as much as I should have. And how I justified that was I would always just kind of think to myself, he's only four. You know, he doesn't he doesn't care. He doesn't say much on the phone anyway. <laughs> you know, or he he he's he's only five. He don't care. You know, he's only six. He doesn't care. But what was my wake up call was, I don't remember the exact age, but I want to say somewhere between maybe seven, nine, between seven and nine years old. He was here visiting me and because I, I get my I get my son, you know, in the summers, I get him all summer and I get him for holidays, too. Uh, but he was here visiting and I vividly remember him saying to me, you don't call me enough. Listen to me. I, I haven't had many gut punches in my life, but that was one <laughs> that hurt me because for one, from that day forward, I made sure I made a change to that and I called a lot more. Um, but what what was so hurtful about that is because I was justifying this thing in my mind, but my child was already kind of processing it and gaining feelings from it. When I'm thinking he doesn't even he he doesn't even care because, I mean, he doesn't you know, he call I call him. He doesn't really say much. You know, he was so young and. You know, so I had this justification in my mind that made it okay when really I just hated talking on the phone, but you know, which was very sucky of me. But, but it was such a gut punch because I was like, oh man, he's aware. 
You know, he, he cared. He did care this entire time, you know, for, for however long, you know, and I didn't know how long or how far those feelings went back. And that hurt. The whole reason I'm telling you this is because, you know, you might not think your kids remember or you might not think they feel a certain way or they're aware of your efforts. No, they are. And they're aware early. And I thought I was doing this amazing job as a dad, right? I'm sending money. I'm, I'm making my calls when I make them. And, you know, I'm getting them for summers and holidays and I'm buying all the things he asked for. Nope. <laughs> he cared nothing about any of that. He wanted to hear from me more. So the one thing, so I'm thinking I'm, you know, I'm thinking I'm the greatest dad in the world from a distance. And no, I suck because I'm overlooking this one small, but most important thing that he's wanting for me. And that's just my attention. He wants to hear from me more. <laughs> and, you know, I still think that he, even at 17 years old, I still think that he's more. Well, now, we, you know, we, we, we now we have FaceTime and stuff, so it's a bit different. But now I, I think it's still the same way as far as him just wanting to hear from me, because for one, you know, for years now, I don't even know if he even realizes he does this. But for years now, he only FaceTimes me, not phone calls, FaceTime, unless, you know, something's wrong and he can't FaceTime me. But for the most part, 90 percent of our conversation is FaceTime. And <laughs> I don't think that he realizes he's doing it, but. I think for him, what it is, is actually seeing me on the other end that 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 he enjoys, because not every call is FaceTime worthy. <laughs> you know, <laughs> you know what I mean? And because because sometimes he'll call me and he'll just be like, what's up, dad? What you doing? And I'll be like, ah, working or you know, whatever I'm doing, just hanging out. And then there's like this awkward silence where he says nothing. And. He'll have his phone propped up against his gaming monitor. So I'm just watching him play his game. Not, I'm not, not actually pointing at the screen. No, I'm literally just watching him. <laughs> and, and I don't even, at first I used to be like, dude, what, what are you doing? But now he, he does it so much. I don't even say anything. I, I do the same thing. I just prop my phone up against my monitor and I just keep working or whatever I'm doing. And he just sits there. <laughs> You know, so I, I think, I think is honestly, you know, maybe, maybe, maybe to him, you know, we're hanging out at that moment. I don't know, but you know, whatever works for him, I'm, I'm all for it, but there are a lot of challenges to it. You take all the challenges that you face as an everyday parent with your kids actually in the house and multiply it by two. When do you have to do it from a distance and co-parent because you're not physically there. And that is very, that's very different. It also can be very stressful because there's going to be times where your kid's going to need you and you can't be there. Uh, well, depending on the distance, you can't be there fast enough for them. Um, but, you know, that's where you got to rely on your, your co-parenting and your relationship with the custodial parent to make things right for your kid. And again, I, you know, I pound on this over and over, but communication is key, man. I mean, you got to be on the same page with the custodial parent. You know, if y'all want to help, you got to be on the same page so you can help enforce discipline and provide support and provide advice. You got to be on the same page to do all of that, man. And, you know, <laughs> this also goes back to what I was saying in the um, in the, in the step parent episode about um, also knowing how to be supportive without undermining the other parent. You know, it's called communication because <laughs> my son. He has a tail and that tail is whenever he texts me and he just says pops with a question mark. I know that he's trying to 
go behind his mom's back. <laughs> so every time I see that text come up on my phone, the first thing I'll say to him is, what? <laughs> what do you want? And, you know, and I know what he's trying to do already. Every, I mean, every time. So while I'm texting him, I'm also texting his mom and saying, what does he want? You know, and she's like, oh, <laughs> she's like, oh, God, here we go. You know, but she tells me I either call her or text her and she'll tell me kind of what's going on behind the scenes. And it, it, it never fails. He comes back and responds. Can I do this or can I have this? Blah, blah, blah. And the first thing I'm going to respond to him and say, what did your mama say? And he's <laughs> and it, that, that either gives it away that I talk to her and he knows, you know, and so he may respond or he'll just be like, he'll just call me and be like, never mind, pops. Never mind. Never mind. Never mind. Don't say that to mom. <laughs> I'm like, nope. I'm about to call her right now because he's trying to go behind her back. But, uh, but yeah, man, I, I mean, the whole situation, that stuff, it, it works because, you know, the communication I have, I have with his mom. So respect to her and uh, respect to, you know, the whole situation and how we had to kind of grow up and, you know, and, and understand the importance of communication. And, you know, another part of that is there are going to be situations where your child's going to need you. And from a distance, man, you're going to, there's going to be times where you feel helpless and you kind of feel useless in the process because you're not physically there. And that's okay because it's also not true. You're not useless. You're not useless because what you can do is you can always be supportive of the other parent. And that's huge because there's going to be a lot of situations where the other parent's just going to need someone to rely on to provide, you know, advice whenever she or he may not have an answer. You know, so while it might not be anything that you can physically do anything about, you know, and I mean physically as in you can't be physically present. So, you know, while it might be a situation like that, you know, you just make sure you provide plenty of support and advice, you know, if asked for your advice on how to, you know, remedy whatever that situation is. So just be as, be as supportive as you can. Another challenge that you might face is the need to kind of maybe go the extra mile in terms of giving your child kudos for doing things. And the reason for that is that you got to remember that, you know, your child doesn't live with you, right? So they're not subject to your emotional presence. They can't feel your emotions. They can only interpret your emotions through how you communicate it from a distance. That's why, you know, it's vital. And that can, that can be tricky to do. That can be hard to do. But that's why it's vital to kind of go a little extra in rewarding your kids and giving your kids the kudos that they deserve. So, you know, you got to make them feel special and make them understand that you're still dad or mom, even if you're a thousand miles apart. You know, one of the things that we do is my son, if he, you know, he does well in school, he, he always sends, uh, sends me and my wife a copy of, a copy of his progress reports and you know, report cards and all that good stuff. And, you know, if something good happens in band or, or football, whatever, you know, he lets us know. And one of the things that we do is, you know, we all get together and FaceTime them or we will um, send them like a PlayStation gift card because he, he's in the video game. So we'll send them a video game gift card or, you know, just different little things like that just to kind of reward them and let them know that we, 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 we're, we're supporting and we're still we're still parents, you know, no matter what. 
you know, you got to kind of go a little uh, a little extra sometimes just because, they're, you know, you're not physically there for them to feel your emotions. But th- that's also a tip, which leads me into my uh, next point. And that's where I want to go with this conversation. It's just a few things to help you out. Again, I know you're tired of beat me, beat me beating this horse. But, you know, communication is key, of course. You know, you're not physically present. So you have to work that much harder to make sure that you know what's going on with your child physically and emotionally. You know, you need to be able to communicate, you know, from a distance, right? You need to be able to communicate the needs, the interests, the feelings of your child or children. Constantly send confirmation of support and congratulations. That's kind of what we were just talking about with the kudos. Oh, so this next thing, this, this next thing is very underrated. And it's, I, th- I think it's something that maybe, I don't know if a lot of parents understand this one or think about it, but um, give your kids time to adjust whenever they come to visit. And that that's uh, uh, that's very underrated because you don't think about it, but your kids are coming into a different setting. You just think because your mom or your dad and they're, you know, they should feel at home. They don't. That's not their home, you know. So they are coming from their their house, their home. Their, their comfort zone, where they're most likely the most comfortable place that they have in their entire life, right? That's their home, right? So sometimes there has to be some emotional processing that takes on, especially when they first get to you. So like for my son, every time he comes for the first two or three days, he's very quiet. He's very, um, a little kind of antisocial a little bit, but he's just kind of very quiet and he doesn't, you know, he just doesn't say much. He doesn't really do much. And I think during that time, we just give him space to let him emotionally adjust to where he's at. Cause it's a difference, right? It's different from being home. Um, you know, things are done differently. Coaches might be differently depending on, you know, your situation, but you know, there's various factors there, right? And after those, you know, first couple of days, once he's adjusted, then he's his normal self. But, you know, we had to learn that to just give them that time to adjust. And the same thing might happen when they go back home, depending on how long they're with you. When they go back home, you know, the custodial mother or custodial parent on the other end has to also give that time to readjust. So that's a very underrated aspect of of, of co-parenting from a distance. If you have other kids, whether biological, step, whatever, that reside in your house, whenever your kid comes to visit, make sure the treatment is the same for all your kids across the board. Your kids need to feel as if they are at home and not a visitor. They're not a guest. They need to feel like it. They need to feel like they're part of the family. They need to feel like they're part of the home. That you don't give the, your visiting kids special treatment and then you end up pushing away the kids that live in your house either. So treat, make sure the treatment is the same across the board for all of them. And lastly, I, you know, I don't know if this is possible in every situation. I guess it is, but find something that you can bond over from a distance, something that you can do together, something that you can spend time, you know, kind of enjoying together. Uh, For me and my son, it's video games. So we get on there and play online together. But, you know, for you, it could be watching watching a movie together on Netflix. You can do that. They have, you know, Netflix parties or whatever. You can read together. I don't know, whatever it is, you know, find something that you can all bond over and you know, share that moment. I, I think that is very neat and a way of you keeping in touch and also spending some 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 quality time together. Before we wrap this up, um, I do want to say that parenting from a distance is, is is challenging, just like everything else in parenting. But you don't get to stop being mom or dad. I don't care how far away you are from your kids. The distance that you have between you and your children shouldn't stop you from being a good parent. Um, I don't care if my kid is, uh, you know, a thousand, whatever, many miles away. You know, they're, they're, I'm going to be a father to my kids. 
I don't care how far away they are. There's no amount of distance that can stop me from being a parent to my kids. None. So as you might have uh, learned in the last episode, I've now started a new little addition to the podcast. My stepdaughter <laughs> likes to uh, tell dad jokes and she thinks she's absolutely hilarious. So she wants her jokes told at the end of the podcast. I do apologize in advance because she thinks she's so hilarious. And I don't read these jokes ahead of time. I like to read them in real time while I'm doing the podcast so that I can have a live reaction. So, yeah, here we go. Why was 2019 afraid of 2020? Because they had a fight at 2021. Okay. Okay. <laughs> oh my god <laughs> alright well if you have any questions about this podcast or you need any additional information you know you can find me on twitter facebook and instagram thank you for taking the time to listen to the podcast uh, stay tuned for next week's episode this is Harf signing off peace peace